Welcome to PrevPod, the Prevention Works podcast. Our mission is to build a safe and healthy environment by effectively educating the community on positive life choices. On today's episode, why do we talk about goal setting? This is PrevPod. Welcome back to PrevPod. I'm Alex. And I'm Trish. And we're super excited uh, for you to join us today. But we're going to be looking at, uh, kind of interspersed with our heavier prevention topics, we're looking to highlight certain uh, SEL skills, if you remember from last time, social-emotional learning skills that we talk about in the classroom, and why we do it, how it relates to prevention as a whole. I know we mentioned last time that we kind of wanted to dive into some of those topics a little bit more, and we figured this would be the best way to do it. So, uh, yeah, every, well, not every other week, but every other episode, uh, we'll be looking at a different social-emotional learning topic, uh, goal-setting today, uh, eventually decision-making, emotions, stress, uh, all of those wonderful things. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to turn it over to Trish. You want to get us started today? I would love to. Yeah. So why do we talk about goal-setting? Now, what's great about goal-setting, we're starting it off. We're kind of doing this like we do it with our curriculum, with our programs. It's the first topic we always address with our students, with our programs. And the reasoning is because really goal-setting is a self-esteem builder. So self-esteem is how we feel about ourselves. And we want to instill a sense of high self-esteem with the youth and the people that we work with. Because when we have high self self-esteem, we're more likely to make healthy, positive choices in line with ourselves and really kind of keeping ourselves safe. It's having love and compassion for yourself. And when we have low self-esteem, we're more likely to dip into uh, potentially risky behaviors like using substances or other unhealthy behaviors and actions. So self-esteem is a great way to get to know our students to start out. And it's easy to say, hey, be happy about yourself. Share all these amazing qualities and traits about yourself. But actually, it's not that easy. It's a little bit hard for students to talk about themselves when we first meet them. So goal setting is a great way to build a high sense of self-esteem when we set our mind to something, when we achieve that goal, or in the very least, we put in great effort towards it. It gets us excited about ourselves and our own actions, and it can build that positive sense of self-esteem. And like I mentioned, it's great to start out with our students with goal setting because it's something fun. Like, what, what do you guys want to do? What is it that uh, your passion is? What What is it that you want to work towards, whether it is a personal hobby like a sport or a music or any sort of um, thing that you want to get better at or improve upon? Kids get really excited about talking about goal setting. Would you agree, Alex? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think a, a lot of the... A lot of the reasons that these topics are good is because they highlight things that students really already do. Um, even though they may try to deny, like, well, Mr. Rodriguez, I never set a goal. Miss Trish, um, I don't make decisions. Like, the, the truth is you do. You just might not realize that you're doing it. And for a lot of these topics, it's it's sort of like an, uh, an unconscious process, maybe a subconscious process, mm-hmm. I think is the better term for that. Something that we do without really thinking about it. And... It can be kind of hard to talk about with students in the class for that very reason. When we set goals, we don't normally break it down into, okay, what am I doing first? What am I doing second? What am I doing third? We just kind of do it. And that doesn't always work out the best for us. So in looking at this goal setting process, we are trying to make them aware of maybe certain pitfalls, things that 
less well-crafted goals fall to. We, we want them to avoid those obstacles and set the best possible goals that they can. And we do that by uh, really taking apart the goal-setting process into six steps and then breaking down even that first step into four positive qualities, four qualities of a good goal. I don't know what you call them, Trish. I like to call them the three P's mm -hmm. of goal setting because it's three P's and one S, but saying three P's and one S or saying the three piece yeah. doesn't have the same ring to it. So I call them the three P's. It of also goal sounds a little bit better than the PPPS. Yeah. yeah, it sounds a little bit better. I post, like post, that. Post postscriptum. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, it does. And uh, I just want to mention one thing before you go into those steps, Alex. Sure. I love what you said about kind of bring these subconscious things we maybe do all the time or we've learned since we were a kid to our students' awareness because it's almost empowering to say, hey, guess what? You've heard about setting goals before. You've heard about making decisions. But these are the things that are going to keep you healthy, going to keep you successful, help you be successful in life. It might seem simple, but we're going to empower you to do these things. We're going to give you simple ways to follow these strategies and build these skills. And guess what? Having a great, happy, healthy, safe life doesn't have to be too hard if you really build these skills and I think that is empowering right uh, I know when I was a student and even even now like just as a young adult we like to know why as a child you are told what to do you're told this you're told to do that why why and so when we get to pull these things apart I think it's exciting and it's empowering for them like you mentioned yeah. because we get to look at that here's what you've been told why why do we do what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. And, and I love what you said. Yeah, we, we kind of bring about the why. And I'm just going to say that I never had any of this type of prevention programming no. in school. Yeah. And I, I think I would have loved it. It would have been fun to be able to talk about real life stuff and set goals for myself. And occasionally maybe I did it in certain classes, but I never had anything like this. And I honestly wish I did. And it, maybe that's just me. But The only is we, we did do D.A.R.E. Uh, in our school. Okay. And I will be honest, I don't remember much of D.A.R.E. aside from from what it stands for, or even, I don't know that I have that anymore, actually. I don't know um, what it stands for either. I think it was like drug abuse resistance education. I think you're right. And I, I think, think there was right. a different set of things for like the, the do's and don'ts, like the stop thing, okay. different kind of thing. You know what's so interesting, Alex? I remember we were supposed to get there in fifth grade and my year of fifth grade, they stopped. <sighs> And I believe you're a year older than me. So right. we were like maybe in that in that one year in which they realized it wasn't necessarily the best program. And if you didn't listen to our recent episode, we explained why that is. Mm -hmm. Not to not to right. you know not to... talk speak poorly of Dare. Um, but no, I don't know if this was a part of Dare or if this was just something that our counselor found and used. Uh, did you ever get to talk with Scruff McGruff the police dog? No. Okay, so know. maybe that wasn't a dare thing. That was like, if I remember one thing about oh. prevention education as a child, uh, we would go and meet with our counselor, and she had this, like, life-sized pup, like, stand-up anthropomorphic doll what? that was larger than most of us as students, almost as tall as her, and it was Scruff McGruff the police dog. And, it like, what? it was a dog in a trench coat with, like, a detective fedora. It was it Oh, was my fantastic. gosh, it almost sounds like a a, a Wagner. It does kind of sound like a Wagner, yeah. And, like, she didn't get to have fun and actually make the voices. They were pre-recorded uh, tapes oh, that she would, like... really? Move. Yeah, so it was, like, what? really neat for us to okay. hear and... Uh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I mean, not to get us distracted from goal setting, but like, you know, that's that's what we had, and sure. I would have loved to pull. Agreed. Apart. Agreed. Absolutely. And you don't know who Wagner is just yet, maybe, but we'll, you might. We'll you there. might find out. We'll get there. <laughs> Hang tight.
Hang tight. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. In prep pod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's. Why don't we talk about the three P's? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I'll uh, maybe take it away. We Go have. For it. Um, you know, the first step of setting a goal is to name it. And rather than just saying, eh, this is what I'm going to do, or this is what I'm going to get better at, we want to name it in a particular way, and we use the three Ps, so it's three Ps and an S, and it is personal, possible, positive, specific, and I myself added a last one, sensory, in there. And I don't know, Alex, do you want to maybe break down the first few? Sure, yeah. Uh, when we look at personal, possible, I'll take the the actual the P's and then you can All take right. the, the two beautiful, S's there. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, we look at personal, possible, and positive goals. Uh, when we look at setting goals, this one's kind of, we have to add a caveat, I think, when we talk to students about this because we want them to be setting their own goals for themselves. We emphasize that we shouldn't be setting goals for other people and we shouldn't really be having other people set goals for us. And of course, you're going to get the student that's like, whoa, my parents tell me what to do, my teachers tell me what to do. And yeah, when you are growing up, there is a little more collaboration when it comes to our goals. There will be people there to advise us or, or even sometimes tell us what to do. But eventually, when you become an adult, there will come a time when you will be setting your own goals. And at that point, you need to make sure that they are personal goals. I mean, our parents, our teachers often have the best of intentions, but they don't know us like we know us. They don't have that that knowledge of, you know, what is it that I actually want to do? What am I actually invested in. You can have the best goal in the world, but if you are not passionate about it, if it is not a personal goal, I mean, what's the point? You know, I can mm-hmm. say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can go to my students and say, you know what, you're going to you're gonna go and pioneer a new sport for entertainment. I'm going to have you, um, f- like, you're going to set up the first underwater competitive basket <laughs> weaving league, okay? Because nobody's ever done that. That That's that's a new thing. It's entertainment. It's important. We, we like to be entertained. You don't care about that. It's it's not going anywhere. As amazing mm-hmm. of an idea as that is, if I do say so myself. That is a pretty good idea. Thank not you. gonna lie. Thank yeah, you. I'd love yeah. to see it. Um, <laughs> and you know what I like? You said like it's about passion. Yeah. So P is for personal, but it's also about passion. Really, right. it's another way to think about it. You got to have a passion about what you're setting your mind to, or else you're not gonna want to stick with it. You're not gonna be satisfied. It's really not going to build that high sense of self-esteem if it's not something that's personal and passionate. Absolutely. To you. And it, it does tie in with the other two Ps as well. And when we look at possible, that one's kind of uh, fairly self-explanatory, but I like to break this one down into two different types of impossible, okay? two different flavors, if you will. There is the impossible that is very obviously impossible. I'm not going to set a goal to teach my dog how to tap dance on the moon. That's impossible. It's, it's ridiculous because of how impossible it is. But there's also the type of impossible goal that is... An impossible goal disguised as something possible. And that is something that goes beyond our limits, something that maybe we're trying to do a little too much. We're trying to do it too quickly. We're not allowing ourselves enough time to do it. And again, that's where that personal aspect comes in. You know what you're passionate about. You also know what is possible for you. Okay. So we talk about breaking longer-term goals down into possible short-term goals, making sure that we are allowing ourselves enough time, we have the resources, we have everything that we need to do that goal. Because if you're going to set yourself a goal that isn't possible for you, that's just going to lead to frustration. It's going to have the opposite effect. We don't want you to feel bad about yourself. We want you to feel like you can do it, because you can. And I don't want to get too far ahead. That's another (laughs) one of our steps. Um, So personal, possible, and then of course positive. And there are a couple different ways that we look at positive as well. 
we're not only setting goals that are going to be good for us. I want to make sure that I'm setting goals that are going to make me a better person, that are going to have a positive impact on myself, my, my circle, my community, but also phrasing our goals the right way because language is very important to how we process those goals and how it makes us feel. Uh, we're going to come back to that many episodes down the line when we talk about self-talk. Words have power and the way that we think about things is very important. So setting up goals to, to empower us. I can do this thing. I will eat less junk food. Uh, instead of, I'm never going to eat uh, unhealthy foods ever again. And honestly, it can even make that better. I will eat more healthy foods. I will eat healthier. I will exercise more. Instead of, I'm going to stop sitting on the couch all the time. Be positive. Love yourself and phrase your goals in a way that make you sound like the superhero that you are. Yeah. Oh, what a hey. wonderful way. Alex. Can I get that on a t-shirt? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just had to throw in the towel in a fantastic way, be the hero at the I, end. Uh, that is okay. It's all good, Alex. I'm not at all offended. It's okay. We are the dream team we and sure it's are. all good. Yeah. And uh, let me take it away with the last two um, kind of parts that are really important when naming our goal and that is specific and sensory. Now, a little bit about myself. Besides my job here with Prevention Works, I am a personal health coach on the side. And these two are really important because they really relate to the work that I do helping people build healthier habits. So long term habit change so that we can be healthy in the long term, not a quick fix. And um, there's this stereotype when we think about counselors. Now, coaches are not counselors, but in a lot of ways, we're kind of um, sometimes compared to counselors. And Alex, if I ask you, you know, what is the number one thing that a counselor says? What's the stereotype for for a counselor? Um, and how does that make you feel? Yes. Wow. How okay. Does it, good I, job. We did not rehearse that. We did not rehearse that. That was just, I just wanted to see if he would get it. He absolutely got it. Now, the um, kind of stereotypical quote for a coach is, what do you want and why is that important? Okay. And why is that important? Why is that important? So rather than how do you feel about that, we do talk about feelings. We talk about the importance of our goals that we're setting for ourselves and what we really want. So when we talk about being specific with our goals, we need to be really, really specific about what we want. A lot of times we might set a goal for ourselves and say, I just want to be healthier but we don't put any number to how much weight we wanna lose or how many, how many new foods we wanna bring in our diet or what specifically about sleeping better would be important. And thinking about you know, why, what we really want and why it's important can help us be specific. So how this relates to the classroom is we always have kids really dive a little bit deeper. Rather than I wanna do better in English, what specific grade do you want to strive for? And guess what? Don't cut yourself short or sell yourself short. If you want an A, you are really striving for that, put that down because if that's important to you, be as specific as possible. It's going to be a great motivator for you and it's also going to help you measure your goal, how close you are. So say, you know, you want an A by the end of the school year, halfway through the school year, you're at a B plus. Fantastic motivation to just keep going with your goal. Um, for example, you know, if someone's trying to lift weights and they're saying, I want to be able to, you know, bench, you know, 50 pounds and you're at 45, it gives you a marker of how close you are to your goal. So it's measurable, it's specific, great indicator to continue to motivate us for, to uh, reach that goal and really understand why it's important to us. Now, uh, you want to add something, Alex? I do, actually. Yeah, Thank go you. for it. Uh, I think that you're absolutely right. Being specific is awesome at 
being a better motivator or helping with that motivation piece, that's actually not something that I had quite considered. Um, I also look at it as a way to help us plan, and I'm not sure if I was stealing mm. your thunder. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to turn it back over to you absolutely okay. for that. Uh, but I'd like to look at specifics as well mm. as a way to help us avoid frustration. Yes. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you're planning for a goal and it's not a super specific goal, like I'm going to do better in English or I would like to win a race or I would like to do this thing. And then halfway towards planning and reaching for it, you realize you're preparing for the wrong thing. This isn't actually what you want. Really, you want it to go in a, in a different direction. And so I think that those specifics are so essential to really every step of the goal setting process. Absolutely. Uh, for motivation, for frustration mitigation, and also you know for what comes next. Yeah. Turn it back over to yeah. you. Yeah. And you know, one of the steps of our goal setting process is to think how to do it, put the steps in place that you need. Mm-hmm. But I think what's great about putting specific or specificity in the naming of the goal is you're starting off being specific. Why? Thank you. You're starting off being specific. So you know, guess what? I am going to plan every step of the way. Yeah. Thank you for adding that. I love that. So the last way that we want to name our goal or really think about our goal, maybe it's just envisioning it, is using specific sensory information. So this is touching into our five senses of sight, hearing, uh, touch, taste, smell. I don't know if I named them all. Is that all of them? I believe it might be. It's (laughs) It's about five there. I think I named it off. And uh, what this looks like is let's envision ourselves reaching our goal. So that's actually um, step number two, is we picture ourselves reaching our goal. But I like it when we're naming it. Let's think about a future me who's already reached this goal. What might I feel? What emotions might I feel? Maybe there are actual textures or temperatures in in the room or the environment around me that really make me very happy and motivate me to get to that goal. What might I hear from the people around me when I've achieved that goal? Will I hear encouragement? Will I hear compliments? What might I feel or hear inside myself? Will I be able to think positive thoughts about myself? And maybe, you know, if it does relate to something like food or a hobby, maybe there are tastes or sensations or smells involved with it. And it's just a great way to motivate us um, to reach that goal and picturing it in that way. It becomes more real when we add sensory information to it rather than just like kind of a blank 2D picture in our mind of us reaching the goal. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I like that. I I think, and I don't want to get a sidetracked on this (laughs) um, because I know we definitely can be. Uh, or, or yeah, let me just get sure. into it. it. It reminds me a lot of our PAX program. It this does. idea yep. of mm-hmm. you know hearing what do I want to hear more of, see more of, and and I think that that's a fantastic way of exploring it because yeah. that motivation piece again, like when I know what it's going to look like, when I know what it's going to feel like. A, I'm going to be motivated to reach that if it's something that I do want to feel. B, it helps me figure out, okay, is this actually what I want to go for? Okay, I want to go for this goal. Now let me imagine how I'm going to feel. You know what? Actually, there's something I didn't consider. I don't want it to look like this. I don't want it to feel like this. So maybe I need to adjust in this in this planning stage or in this goal naming stage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I don't know if you want, if we wanted to go more in depth about the steps of the goal setting process, or do we want to go into some tips about goal setting? I think that a lot of our tips will relate to certain steps. Mm -hmm. I think maybe we can name them, name the steps really quick. I, I do tell the students this as well. There are six steps in our goal setting process, and we spend a lot of time on the first step because I think that first step is the most important. Naming your goal is building the foundation for everything else that comes after. And if you name your goal the right way, then all these other steps are going to kind of fall into line. 
Uh, like Trish mentioned, the next step is to picture ourselves reaching our goal. We want to think about what it's going to look like, what it's going to feel like. We want to, I call this one, keep our motivation. In our uh, younger grades, we call it saying I can. You know, really mm -hmm. feeling positive, believing in yourself and saying, I can do this. Uh, whatever you have to do to keep that motivation, and I think a couple of our tips are going to touch on this, mm -hmm. um, do that thing. Find a partner, you know, uh, post online, do whatever you have to do to make sure that you're not going to give up and quit. Mm -hmm. um, step four is to plan our goal. And again, looking back at what is possible, what is specific. If you nail down those specifics, the planning stage is going to be so easy. Step five is the obvious one, the oh-duh step, as I like to call it. Doing the goal. You, you don't want to waste your time thinking and planning if you're not going to do it. Go for the goal. Reach for the stars. And then step six, celebrate and set a new goal. Um, I think the the book, or our, our curriculum says to celebrate your success. I tell my students to celebrate either way. If you mm -hmm. succeed, that's awesome. That's worth celebrating. If you, if you don't succeed, if you try and fail, celebrate anyway because you tried. You got up, you did something new, and that's awesome. That's, that's super cool. You know more now. You are a, mm -hmm. a more experienced individual. Set a new goal, whether it's trying to do a goal that you failed at or you're doing something else um, and diff something different entirely. So celebrate, eat a bowl of ice cream, take a walk, whatever that, whatever that looks like for you. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, that's that. Um, yeah. I think a lot of our tips are going to play into that. Yeah. Um, and I'll let you take Absolutely. the first one. Alex, I am not a good co-host. I'm chuckling at something you said just a little bit, but I think it will bring a little humor. Mm. You said like, if you try, you know, then there'd be like an Oxford comma up in there and fail. But it almost sounded like you said, if you try and fail, like you try <laughs> like to fail. Try. If you're trying to fail, <laughs> maybe that one is not as celebration worthy. That, yeah. yeah, we yeah, don't, don't want you try to shoot fail, yourself in right. the foot. Yeah. If you try and then you fail, get back up. And I love that you add that, Alex. You know, that's a little tip. We constantly learn from each other. I learn from my coworkers all the time. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think that's something I mentioned in the classroom and I should, you know, celebrate your success and set a new goal. Set a new goal, right? And um, just a couple other tips kind of, you know, is to have a, an accountability partner. Yes. So tell someone about your goal. We don't like letting other people down. So if I tell my friend Alex that I'm reaching this goal and then he asks me, hey, Trish, how's it going? And I don't want to have to lie to Alex. I don't want to admit there might be some shame involved. Oh, guess what? I'm not doing my goal really well. So it's a great motivator. We don't really care so much about letting ourselves down as we do other people. That's and really it's true. great to set a goal with someone else to encourage each other um, to work on your goal. So having that accountability and support from someone else is fantastic. Um, and in health coaching, again, my health coaching practice, we call something called anchors or we create something called anchors. And an anchor is like a sensory stimuli that is a reminder for our goal and almost like a record scratch if we're doing something not in align with our goal. So we're going to make an unhealthy choice and we have our anchor to be like, wait, that's not what you want to do. And it might be inspirational quotes that you post around your house. It might be a, a favorite song that's very motivating for you. It's a positive sound. It gets you in a good mood. It has encouraging words. It might even be just a, a favorite drink or beverage or food or scented candle that just gets you in a calm, relaxed state that motivates you mm -hmm. um, and so anchors are great we, we kind of talk with kids a lot about maybe maybe creating a vision board um, pictures of what your goal might look like inspirational words um, and I think that's a fantastic a fantastic tip using positive language along with that like we said yeah. along with step number three 
And uh, final step is, you know, set a date and time maybe for when you do want to reach your goal. Mm -hmm. By May, I, I, I would like to be at least this far along with my goal. Great way to be specific and measurable with your goal. Just I thought of a, another tip uh, that I think could tie into the accountability buddy, but I want to separate it because I think it's important and actually ties us into other uh, social-emotional learning topics that we'll be covering later on. Um, surround yourself with the right people, right? not just the accountability partner. I mean, this applies to your accountability partner as well. When we look at the younger grades, we call these people goal boosters or goal busters. Mm -hmm. Goal boosters mm -hmm. are people who encourage you to reach your goal. Goal busters are people who are going to try and hold you back or they're going to discourage you. So at every step along this process, whether it is planning your goal, sharing your goal, uh, make sure that you're surrounding yourself with the right people. You're finding the right partners, not people who are going to discourage you, who aren't going to be that motivation that you need. Find the ones who are gonna support you no matter what, okay? I know that Trish mentioned some, we don't like to let other people down, but finding the right accountability partner to be there that you can say, you know what, hey, I failed. I didn't do so well, I didn't mm -hmm. reach this part of my goal. Somebody who isn't going to judge you for that, they're gonna say, you know what, that's okay. It happens, how do we fix it? Where can we go from here? How can we make this happen? Um, Absolutely, so, yeah. that's a great one. Well, awesome thanks. job, Thank on the so spot much. too. That was some inspiration there. I love it, I love it. Uh, does that bring us to our final Prev Bite? I think it does bring us to our Prev Bite for today. Uh, we have another quote for you. And I think as we were looking into where this quote came from, it's a variation of a quote from an author in a book, but we didn't like the way that that quote was uh, worded <laughs> per se. It was a like old timey language. Yeah. So this one, this something more modern, yeah. uh, is an anonymous quote. The best way to get something done is to begin. Uh, and in that vein, the two of us want to encourage you to set a goal this week. What is something that you want to get done and how can you get it started today? Did we do it, Trish? I think we did, Alex. Yeah, All right. absolutely. All right. Set yourself in goals. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Great Thank job. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. Thank you. Looking over at our time, I think we did it again, but that's okay. Again, we get so excited about this. We are really, we really enjoy what we do. Absolutely. And we're glad that we get to share with you. So thank yes. you for joining us. Thank and, you. Uh, hope you have a great, uh, great week. We'll see you next time. PrevPod is an initiative of Prevention Works. It is co-produced by Alexander Rodriguez and Trish Whetstone. Our theme was composed by The Light Hearts and used with licensing provided by Artlist.io. The logo for our show was created by Alexander Rodriguez. For more information, prevention updates, or to check out more of our work, visit us on the web at www.preventionworks.us. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe.